Super Talk Mississippi media production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new Gud Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Gud Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. Hey, I was uh, I was on Facebook this morning and I came across a note. Uh, a post, actually, on Facebook by a friend of mine named David Mike. We went to high school together. I've enjoyed staying in touch with David because he's such a positive guy. But he wrote this. This is simple. Do good things. Be kind, not mean. Heal, don't hurt. Love, don't hate. Create instead of destroying. Do these things to be happy, successful, and loved. This is such a simple but powerful statement. And uh, I thought it was so appropriate, actually, when I read that, because I had been preparing for a really important conversation that I want to have today that has very significant implications to young people all all across Mississippi, and especially here in coastal Mississippi. And uh, here, here's what happened. I have, I have a very dear friend here in coastal Mississippi. Her name is Romy Hall. I've known her for many, many years. She's very close to my family. And, uh, you know, think the world of her and her family. Um, she shared some information with me about some speeches that were given recently, a series of speeches, actually, by a, a man by the name of Craig Scott. Now, Craig is a Columbine survivor, and uh, he has a very compelling story to tell about his experience, but especially uh, the experience of his sister as well. His sister was tragically killed on that day. In fact, she was the first person killed by the shooters. Um, as you may remember the story, 12 students were killed, uh, one teacher, 21 were injured uh, by gunshots. So three, I think an additional three others were, were injured trying to escape. Maybe maybe there were more. But at the time, Columbine, and we know that story well, was the deadliest school shooting in the U.S. And now it has created sort of this unfortunate copycat approach that school shootings have, have uh, taken around the world. And we, and we actually call that the Columbine effect. This is sort of a sad and tragic uh, ripple effect that has come out of that. But Craig's sister, uh, Rachel, it's a, her story is incredible, actually. And it has touched more than 30 million people uh, since her tragic death. But it is touching and it is inspiring. So Rachel left the legacy. And as you'll hear from Craig here in a second, uh, she sort of foresaw that, that that she may actually leave such a legacy, but she left some powerful messages that inspired Craig and his family, and they have been on a life mission since. Um, their their mission is to, to sort of create a positive ripple effect, and uh, Craig himself has talked to over a million people. As I mentioned, his, story, Ray, his sister Rachel's story has touched over 30 million and uh, it's 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 a um, it's a message of love and kindness, and it is uh, something that has brought Craig and his family into settings that have created for them a, a really compelling, alarming, and really important observation about the pressure that kids are under uh, these days. Just here in coastal Mississippi, um, kids that attended his speeches have had to have to live with suicide. 
or attempted suicide, drug use, violence, as I mentioned, self-harm, some in despair. But this is, uh, this is, this is the tragedy. Even some in Costa Mesa, believe it or not, came here from schools where there were school shootings. You wouldn't think about Costa Mississippi having a direct connection to school shootings. But Craig's mission has really started a powerful dialogue with students and teachers and administrators and mental health professionals. And uh, so I decided after after um, my friend Romy told me about Craig to invite him to join us on Coach View. Now, look, he does a lot of interviews all across the United States. It's rare for him to grant an you know, a, a opportunity like we're going to have today to talk a little bit more deeply about what he's learning. But I think, you know, as we approach Christmas and you have family and friends coming together, maybe there's a message from the conversation we're going to have today that would inspire you to reach out to your family or friends who may need help and maybe have conversations about some of these things so that we can begin to really control our own destiny in a much more positive way. So his goal is to create a ripple effect, and I sort of want to be part of that. So without any further ado, let me bring my new friend, Craig, back into the conversation. Craig, how you doing, my friend? Hey, Ricky. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm doing well. So, man, it's been, it's been a lot has happened since the Columbine tragedy, but you guys got a lot of inspiration from it. And uh, the interest in you and your sister's message continues today because it's a powerful message. Kind of tell people sort of where you are today with, with, with the message that you're, that you're delivering. I probably have two key messages that I share uh, with people, with students. One is about that we each have incredible inherent built-in value that's there since we were born. It's not based on what we look like or what other people say about us or even our skills or abilities or how smart we are. Now, our value to others in the world might be based on things that we do or things that we give, but we have value that's always built in, that's inherent. And that's important for people to believe about themselves, that I am incredibly valuable, not in an egotistical way, uh, it's really important for teenagers because suicide is a second leading cause of death amongst teenagers in our country. And I have a book of over 10,000 emails from kids that have sent in just that had contemplated suicide that heard my story and my sister's story and had a change of heart. And there's, I've seen kind of two themes or two lies that suicidal thinking will tell you. First lie is life's not worth living. This pain I'm in is permanent. I should just get out. And the second lie is I'm a loser. I have no value. I'm worthless. So those are the two consistent lies that that uh, people will believe in. And and the first thing I tell someone that's dealing with that is just you can't you can't change your your emotions until you change your thoughts. All emotions follow thought. So just recognize that those are lies. So that's my first message is you have incredible value and and so does everyone else. And then the second one is um, what you place attention on, you get power to whatever it is. And that's so important because we we have whatever we want to focus on. We can get on the Internet and see whatever we want to. And even children at a young age, um, some of them have parental guides uh, and, and but uh, but some of them don't. And uh, but we're able to see whatever it is that we want to, whatever we focus on, we give power to. And um, I'll give a small a small uh, example of that in a negative way. Yeah. Um, 
in 2018, a school shooting happened in, in, in Florida at uh, Stoneman Douglas in Parkland, Florida, uh, and, and over 20 students were killed. It was terrible. After that happened, every time a shooting happened, every school shooting for like the next year, the news picked up on it and shared about it. So because of all, all this attention on school shootings, we had a ton of money being raised for school security to try to stop school shootings. We had national school shooter drills, even for little little kids. We had thousands of I, I would go speak at schools. I have a, tons of parents, teachers, kids afraid to go to a school because of a school shooting. But the actual statistic of a school of someone dying in a school shooting is 0. 0.00035. And a person is 10,000 times more likely to die by going on their way to school than in, in a school shooting. So it's really an unrealistic fear. But why were we having why why was this fear? Why we were doing so much action? Now I I believe in school safety, but all this money has been put into trying to stop school shootings when really suicide dwarfs the number of lives lost. And 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 there's more money put into that than there is towards things like I do uh, mental health and creating a culture at the school and dealing with character education. So. Uh, you know, whatever we place attention on, we give power to. And so those are my two main messages. You have incredible and value. Believe it about yourself. And so does everyone else. And then what you place your attention on, you give power to. So choose choose what you're focusing on, you know, wisely. Listen, there's there's been there's some great videos up about your story, um, how your how your uh, sister really inspired you and your family. Uh, I look at the pictures of her incidentally, and I see these such a glow in her eyes. She, she had, she had sort of a, she had a gift that at the time you weren't, you didn't appreciate or didn't really understand, but that gift is as much a lot today as it was then. It's powerful, isn't it? Well, she had a sense about her life. Um, she had seven journals and we found in her writings kind of two themes in them. And one was she felt like God was going to use her to impact millions of people. When she was 13, she traced her hands like this. And in the center of one of her hands, she wrote, these hands belong to Rachel Joy Scott and will someday touch millions of people's hearts. And at the same time, she felt like she wasn't going to live to be very old. She, in fact, thought she told my other sister and cousins she didn't think she would live old enough to get married. And uh, and she was w one of those girls that um, was questioned about her faith before she was killed. Uh, there was some um, skepticism as to what that, uh, whether that happened because the boy that was with her, he uh, went into a coma. And he woke up, the first thing he did is said, where's Rachel? And then he told his family what happened to her, but then he slipped back into a coma and when he woke up the next time, he didn't remember. So his account never made it into a police report, but we know that. Let's, let's, do, this. let's do this. When we, I don't want to cut the conversation as it relates to Rachel Short. This is Craig Scott, a Columbine survivor who has gone on a mission to inspire people. And um, we're talking about his sister and her legacy. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation.
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have uh, my new friend, Craig Scott, who is a Columbine su- survivor. His sister, unfortunately, was the actually first person killed that day. And uh, they've taken a, an incredibly impacting moment in his family's life and turned it into something incredibly positive. So not only do they, they sort of teach a, a, a really on a mission of, of kindness and hope, but what they've learned over these many years about the needs of students and where the focus needs to be in terms of helping young people who have challenges is, is really compelling. Did you ever think, I, I guess at the time you did you did sort of go on a mission and you did say this was going to be your life's work, but with all these years having gone by, here you are, here you are sitting still with the, with that powerful message. Uh, you meant it, didn't you? Yeah, I really felt a, a sense of calling mission um, that I was uh, going to tell the story as long as it was, it was making an impact. Uh, I'm a person of faith and I felt in prayer that I was given a promise that every time I told my sister's story, it would have an impact. And it didn't matter what audience I was in front of. I could be in front of um, an all-black school in Chicago where I'm the only white person there. I could be in rural uh, Kansas or, or Wyoming or in New York City. Every time I've told the story, it's had an impact. And that's the power of story and the power, um, you know, I've, I've just, uh, I've, I believe I've seen uh, what I call an anointing on my sister's story. Yeah, it is. Hey, we went to break, though. You were mentioning that the young man who was shot and survived uh, when your sister was killed, his account never made it into the police report. That's where you are, and we had to, we had to cut off and, and move to, the, to this next section. But yeah, why don't so you pick the, it up from there? The, yeah. the last moments of my sister's life, according to the boy that was with her when he first woke up from his coma, he told what happened to his mom and his grandparents. And um, Rachel and the shooters knew each other. They had a class together. Uh, In fact, um, Dylan, one of the shooters, spotlighted her in a play just two weeks before the shooting. And um, uh, but in the last moments of her life, they were they were mocked. They shot her from a distance. Then they were mocking her for her faith. Then the last moment was Eric picked her up by her hair and said, do you still believe in God? And she said, you know, I do. And he said, well, go be with him. And she took her last shot uh, with, with, you know, execution style. And, um, and so her, she's been considered a martyr. Um, but I don't really uh, even share about um, her faith so much in schools. I share about the kind things that she did for other people. At her funeral, we had person after person, student after student, talking about little things that she had done. She sat by a girl that was sitting all alone at lunch that no one knew that had just lost her mom in a car accident. She stuck up for a boy who had a disability who usually was ignored. And she st- every day in the hallway, she would say hi to him. She had no idea. He told my family that that saved his life, that he was thinking about taking his life. And then after this pretty girl in the hallway would say hi to him every day, kept him going. Um, but just story after story. And then we saw all these incredible writings that she had in her journals that she left behind uh, really deep for her age. And so my father and I put together a program called Rachel's Challenge. That's now the largest school assembly program in the country. And now I have my own program 
Um, and I, uh, am partnered with my dad's, but I, I, um, you know, it's a real privilege. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of people that can say on a weekly basis that you really change people's hearts and that you change cultures of places. I have superintendents and principals tell me you affected the culture of our school for months or even an entire year. And so that's my goal when I go to schools is to, is to affect that culture. So, so someone wrote actually of your time here in coastal Mississippi that the ripple started each session thereafter grew students, teachers, administrators, sponsors, press, whoever was in his sessions, you could see their focus on Craig, on his message, on his story, on his passion to reverse the ripple, which is you know something that's been really important to you. That's written by Stephen East, and uh, it was the heading on this was Gulfport Behavioral Health System. But you know people might be a little skeptical when you come; they don't really appreciate the message. But you're 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 delivering that so sincerely and so empathetically, and it's so full now. It's it's almost it's so far beyond Columbine. Columbine set the stage, and your sister's inspiration set the stage. But what has happened is this this awareness of what pressures are on young people today and how this stage that you have now can help sort of set the stage for having conversations locally about how to address some of the challenges that people are facing. It really has advanced a lot since those days, hasn't it? Yeah, incredibly. Um, technology changes changed uh, things for, for young people. I think that one of the biggest things is, is, is just constant information and constant and, and so many influences and there's so much negativity and there, you see things, you know, when, when we all grew up, you would hear if something horrible, terrible happened halfway across the world, you'd probably never know about it today. Not only do you know about it, it's captured on video and it's viral within an hour. And so at a young age, People are seeing a lot of stuff and a lot of negative stuff. And even like young kids today are seeing hardcore pornography, getting exposed to that kind. And whatever we see impacts us. We, we are imitative creatures. We are impressionable. Uh, and so the reason I think that um, the kids have more, one of their big challenges today is, again, what are you focused on? what you place attention on, you give power to. So one of my challenges is choose positive influences because they all agree. They all see that there's so much negative. There's so much um, shallow stuff that really debases the, the morale, the character, um, the, all the good things that you'd want in, in a good heart of a person. If you, if you just are inundated by all this negative media, Hey, when you do your travels, are you impressed that more and more teachers and administrators and others are focused on these these stresses that young people are under and working hard to do something about it? I am glad to see that uh, we have um, really brought mental health uh, more into education. You have to understand that we were number one in the world at one point in education. My father is a scholar in American history and specialized in American education. And for nearly 200 years, the United States was number one in the world as a first world nation in education. When we were number one, the focus of our educational system was first and foremost character. 
they had a they had a saying that every educator knew for hundreds of years, and it was the three H's. It was the heart, the head, and the hands. And they believed that first you were to teach the heart of students, and they ingrained that in our education. I mean, teachers' uh, teachings of integrity, courage, honesty, compassion, these core values. Now, it was also mixed in with religious principle. So in, 19, or in 1960s, we started to remove, 1963, we started to remove God and religion from school. And I don't think we can put that back in. But the problem was we also started to remove all those teachings of values and principles that went along with it. And so today, our educational system has just been focused on knowledge or academic achievement, but we're nowhere near the top. And the biggest thing that leaves with students when they graduate is their characters, the condition of their heart. And so I am glad to see that educators are, 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 uh, are, are wising up and, and including more mental health. You can call it mental health. I think it's spiritual. I think it's also character. Um, you know, it's not just all emotions. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's not just, you know, when we talk about mental health, uh, we, we tend to think about just emotional state of being, but it's more than that. It's also, um, you know, the health of our mind includes, you know, the values that we live by. Hey, so Kyle, how are we doing on time? Are we at the end of the segment? A minute 50 left. Why don't we, if you don't mind, we won't take you much longer, but what I want to do, if you don't mind, is your simple, important message about appreciating the people around you, your message to kids to, to show love and kindness to those around you and how important that is. Would you mind if we came back and let you just deliver that part of the message and then we'll let you go. This is, uh, this is Craig Scott, Columbine survivor, and I really appreciate him spending time with us today. But he's got a very powerful message to sort of end, the, end this conversation, and we'll, we'll complete that after this session. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to uh, Coast View. We have this really important conversation with my friend, Craig Scott, and I want to, I want to, Craig, if you don't mind, I want to take a quick step back because we'll get back on sort of the flow of the conversation in just a second. But you heard me mention at the beginning of the show that it was Romy Hall. Uh, I've, we've, my family and I have known Romy and her family for many years, but it was it was Romy who inspired me to learn more about you and your message. And she sent me a lot of information how people were responding to you down here. The kind of you know the kind of pressures that kids are going through. She did a great job of documenting that for me, and sent me some videos to watch, and I, I was really inspired. And I, you know, I honestly I didn't necessarily just want to tell the story about Columbine. People can go online and find all they want to find about that. But what really inspired me about what you're doing is really focusing on the kind of pressures that kids are going through today. And we're gonna we're gonna move in just a second to what your core message is around creating a positive environment for kids. But coming back to Romy, she's a special woman, isn't she, my friend? 
She's incredible. I mean, it's amazing to see somebody in a community. I mean, it's not her job, but she's literally treated it like a full-time job to impact uh, teens and people with this message. And she uh, brought me in and I, I've done over 30 presentations in, in, uh, in Southern Mississippi area. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just a beginning. She wants me to, her goals for me to try to get into every school in Mississippi. Wow. I mean, it's, that's so powerful, but you know, what's, a, what's even, uh, what makes that so solid, what you just said and what I've observed about Romy Hall is the fact that one person can make a difference can really make a difference. And you've been all over the country. You've met so many people. You've, you've talked to over a million people. Your sister's message has gone to 30 million. For you to see that something special in Romy, the way that you just described it, it, it really is going to mean a lot to her. And it certainly means a lot to me that you make that observation. Look, we were we were ground zero for Hurricane Katrina, uh, buddy. And, and what we learned as a result of that is that What's in the heart and minds of people in coastal Mississippi is this willingness, this this determination to help our neighbors. We are incredibly resilient people. We've seen the worst. And when when in, in the aftermath of Katrina, when we didn't have lights and it redefined what poor was because so many homes were washed away, it created in us a real determination to help our neighbors. And it didn't matter about political affiliation. It didn't matter about race. It was a, it's an amazing learning. And when you when you go through that, as we did, it creates a lot of people like Romy, people who are this, you know, as, as, as President Bush used to talk about, the thousand points of light, people who want to make a difference, who want to fill the gaps, who see a need in the community and want to close it. And I think it's really special, this relationship that you and she has developed. And then to read about the impact of your message, you don't want to be one and done. You don't want to come in and give a speech and people leave there and say, I feel good. You know, what did he say? You you want people to leave there and say, he gave me some tools that have changed my life. He's given us as administrators something to think about. We got to be focused more on this. We got to think more about the kind of pressures on kids that cause them to either commit suicide or attempt suicide. I mean, it's so important that we focus on that. And in this day of social media, I can't say how important it is. So anyway, thank you for, for that. I appreciate it. And, I, and I'm really, I really admire this relationship that you and Romy have developed. Um, so let's do this. At the nut of it, when you're all said and done, what's the most important message that you want kids to hear from Greg's, uh, Craig Scott? Well, the most important message is, is value of human life, is that we have a built-in inherent value. Um, a story that I share is the last story with my sister. Uh, she was waiting me for me in the car. Once again, I was in the bathroom perfecting my hair. And uh, I was always making us late to school. When we got into the car, we got into an argument, into a fight. I started to call her names. And the last moment I had was calling her some names. And I got out of the car and slammed the car door shut on her. And that's the last time I ever saw her. And so I have a, a challenge to teens, and at the very end of my presentation, I get them to close their eyes and imagine all the people that they care about, all the people that they love, and see their faces, and see them smiling back at, at them, and imagine for a moment that it's their last time with them, and ask, how am I treating these people? As we go into the holiday season, treat this season like it could be your last one with your friends and your family. You know, we, we, uh, sometimes we, for some, for holidays, for a lot of people, sometimes would they want <clears> to, 
they get depressed and some, and when we are feeling down, we actually disconnect from other people. But just imagine, just to do imagine that it is your last season, a last Christmas time holiday season that you'll ever have. And then what would you say to those people? Tell them how much you appreciate them, how much you care about them, how much you love them. Maybe you do that on a regular basis. Maybe you haven't done that in a long time. But communicate that to people because it matters. People need encouragement today. In fact, I, I literally think that some people are dying because of a lack of encouragement in their life. And so you can breathe life. You can speak life into people. I do it all the time. I see I, I have kids that come up to me after presentations and talk to me about all their problems. And uh, I've had students that have had suicidal thoughts. And I'll breathe life into them. I'll speak words. I'll listen first, but then I breathe life. And I watch their eyes light up. I watch their shoulders roll back. And um, and so uh, treat this season like it's your last. Uh, it sounds cliche, but if you do it, it's going to be you're going to be so glad that you did, and other people are going to be so glad that you did. When you when a child walks up to you and shares with you their suicidal thoughts. As you're breathing new life into them, letting them know they're special and that people care about them and that, however you say it, do you, do you, I, I bet what that does is it puts fuel in your fire to say, wow, I got to do this again and I got to do this again and again and again. And that's, that's the ripple that you guys wanted to create. That's the ripple that Rachel wanted to create. And it's incredible how real that is, isn't it? Yeah, we all start chain reactions. You know, some a lot of chain reactions we're not a ripple effect we're not aware of. My sister actually wrote a paper a month before she was killed. She titled it My Ethics, My Codes of Life. And in it she talked about if she were her best self, the kind of character she would have, the kind of person she would be. She talked about uh, seeing the good in life, seeing the good in other people, not being quick to judge or label them, showing forgiveness to people that had wronged her. And she also wrote, I have this theory that if one person will go out of their way to show compassion, then it will start a chain reaction of the same. And people will never know how far a little kindness can go. And at the end of the essay, she says, you just may start a chain reaction. So start a chain reaction with people. You know, we've all know what it's like to uh, someone to talk bad about us and insult us and that person might forget about it right after it's over, but the person that's received it, it can affect their entire day. They could be thinking about it for the entire week or month. We start chain reactions. So, uh, you know, start a positive chain reaction, be a part of my sister's chain reaction. She was challenging a chain reaction of kindness and compassion. So it's such a powerful message. And it's the kind of message that young people need to hear today. And you think about, you know, my dad died when I was 21 years old, and it was a sudden death. And I made a lot of choices in my life at that point. And one of the choices was to make him proud, you know. And I have to tell you, there were key points in my life as I reached these goals attained where I almost felt his presence, almost like a guardian angel. Do you feel Rachel's presence like a guardian angel at times? You know, I I, I do. I, every once in a while, I felt like she's 
smiling at me, you know, wa- watching the work that I'm getting to do because of her story. And, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I could have easily been killed that day myself. I was in the school library where 10 students were killed around me. I had two buddies killed right next to me underneath the table. I barely escaped with my own life, only to learn that my sister was the first one killed. So I, I felt like while God was taking her life into his hands, he was sparing me. In fact, he spoke to me and told me, get out of there. And I led a group of students out. And as we were running out of the emergency exit, the shooters came back into the room that we were in. And so we got out of there just in time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do feel, um, you know, every once in a while, I, I just, uh, you know, you can't explain it, but you just feel like, I feel like, you know, she's every once in a while, she's looking down, she's smiling, you know, like proud of you, little bro. So it's a, it's a, it's an amazing story. And to see the, the tracing of her hand and what she wrote on that in the, in the midst of all this, you, you can't. Sometimes you, you some things some things you can never explain. You know, there's there's a divine presence in everything, but in that there's a significant divine presence. And all you can do now, and what you, what you and your dad, and I'm sure many others now who have been inspired by your message can do now, is go on a mission to save the lives of other other young people. And that takes that takes so many different forms. You don't know these seeds that you're planting how how they're how these vines are spreading in these communities and in these families and inside these peoples that you're talking to soul it makes a difference it just makes a difference and the fact that you and I are sitting on this, on this conversation today you know I was inspired by it uh, you know that this this young man from from Colorado could experience such a tragedy and so many years later be having a conversation in, in you know, coastal Mississippi about it. But think about that for a minute. That's legacy. That's what legacy is. But, hey, man, we're, we're at the end of our time together. But it has been a genuine pleasure to spend some time with you. This is exactly what I hope the conversation would be. And I hope that others will spread the, the message, share this video with their friends, and, and urge them to watch it. You never know who's going to be touched by it. So anyway, without without you know going any further, it's been a, it's been a, a pleasure, my friend. Absolutely, thanks for having me on. If there's any educators listening and you, they want the program at at their school, just visit craigscott.org, and I'd love to come to your school and share this uh, amazing story and program. You bet, buddy. Thank you so much. Have a have a great holiday and a great new year. Continue to spread your message. And for the people of Coastal Mississippi, we'll see you after this break. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Um, you know, just just looking back on that conversation, I just wow, wow, wow. And I, I can't, I'm not at all surprised, to be honest with you. I was very inspired when uh, Romy Hall sent me information about about Craig. Um, you know, watched his videos, watched his story, watched the story of of his uh, sister, and, um, and and watched the sort of the evolution of their work over many many years, and the fact that they've touched over 30 million students with their story. It's truly remarkable, and to have come out of that Columbine tragedy with the 
goal to create a positive ripple effect in the way that his sister has sort of intimated when she did that that tracing of her hand. Just wow. And uh, and if you, you have to plant seeds with this. And for, for me, it planted a seed for Kosiu to continue to talk to professionals and young people about what we can all do to, to cut, cut down on the number of, of kids who are facing the threat of suicide or whatever else it might be affecting them in their lives. Man, powerful conversation. Hey, let me bring up my friend Cal Curley in for just a second. And first of all, say... How you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Hey, man, you never know where the conversations are going are going to go, do you? No, I was kind of uh, wor- not worried, but I was wondering too. It's like he said, you can, and you said you can always go back and look and find any information you want to find about Columbine, but Scott is. Much more than that. His message going forward is much more than that. And I believe that kids these days really need to have more information put out like like Craig Scott's doing. Um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of pressure on them. A lot of pressure on today's kids. They see all of these influencers. They're all on TikTok. And they're all trying to be... Um, I guess a camera ready person that that that's not always achievable twenty four hours. They're trying to put it in sixty second or one hundred and twenty second clips, and it's very hard to keep that up. And you know, it was bad enough before we had social media. Kids were under pressure before we had social media, but now you have you know the you know them putting themselves out there. For the public to comment and and shame them or whatever they're going to do to them, it it kids internalize. They're not so many kids, so many young people who are on social media are not ready to be on social media, and the compounding effect of that, we already know the studies are very clear. It's significant the 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 damage that's happening. So it's good to see that that Craig's work has evolved dramatically over the times, and he's listening to sort of where kids are today and has the appropriate message for where they are today. I mean, Columbine sets the stage for him to be able to have these conversations, but he's so uh, he's so here and now in his observations. Yeah, and I, I share his, um, his optimism and his vision of where education should be and what they should, what their role should be in this and to focus more on mental health, especially among students that age, you know, again, it all goes back to the pressures of being camera ready with TikTok and everything else, but let's focus on the real problem instead of trying to um, restrict access to whatever it is. You know, it, the real problem is mental health. The real problem is it is within the person that is committing these things. That's where I'm at. That, that you need to really focus on the mental side of students, and they they are all battling something. Every person that comes to school is battling something at home that you don't know about. And you know, for his sister to say hi. And to do the things that she was doing, we need more of that. More of the we need. We need more of that. Yeah, so powerfully said. You're right. I mean, yeah, we say it on the show all the time. You never know what someone's going through, and that's certainly true with kids. But 
imagine these kids after he speaks that come up to him to say that they've contemplated you know suicide and that he has this opportunity to bring life back into them and he takes that so seriously and educators understand that they're they're working in that realm as well and i know that that administrators are working on it but uh, his point about the evolution of education, how we've gotten away from character building, we've taken religion out of the classroom and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're only focused on the learning. We're missing out on such an important part of kids' development, and we're let, letting social media be the thing that actually develops them when parents are not there to do that. So it's a tough situation. Yeah, it really is. You know, every parent rides that thin line of, you know, w at what point do we give our child a phone and what point – do we take the controls away from that phone to where they have access to everything? And how far do you, and that's going to be on a case by case basis. You really can't set a, a standard. Hey, okay. At 12, we're getting a phone at 15. We're getting an iPad. <laughs> you can't do that. It's, it, it all depends on how the home life is really. I would really encourage our radio listeners as we come to the end of the program today to go to, to YouTube or to Facebook and grab this video and share it with your family. Share it with, with friends that, that you know are having some struggles because Craig gets some great advice later in there about, you know, you know do, do an exercise in your mind. If this were your last holidays, how would you treat the people around you? And it gives you some things to think about. And... Um, I think it's powerful. So share it, please. I think you'll be glad you did. Anyway, thanks for all you do, Kyle. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, my friend. You bet. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.